Welcome back to the AtCast. Today, AT stands for Arbitrary Taste because we have quite a variety of anime this weekend,、uh, including some cooking anime, which is great. Yep. <laughs> We sure do. Are you eating like right now? <laughs> no. I just, I just had a momentary lapse in, in anything. It's、okay,、fine. I can just I can just cut that part out. Oh my god! Okay, <laughs> I don't know. My brain just stopped working for like two seconds. I'm still a little bit sick. I thought you'd be so excited for food anime. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Yay, food anime! I love food anime. <laughs> <laughs> you are so ill. <laughs> I'm so what? You are so ill. You are sick. <laughs> Shit's fine. I'm. Yeah, my voice is a little bit shot because I'm I'm sick. I've been sick. My roommate got me sick, and it is、mm. not awesome. You、I'm、got them the... roommate cooties. Yeah, I'm on the like recovery path, so that's <laughs> better than not being on that. I feel your germs through the microphone. Listen, listen. <laughs> Cyber cooties aren't real. Oh my god, they're so real. <laughs> they're not real. Watch me get sick tomorrow. <laughs> What part of cyber cooties could possibly be real?、Uh, but I feel them. <laughs> the 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 sick waves that I am projecting through the microphone、mm-hmm. will reach all of our viewers, all、yeah. of our wonderful viewers, and they、yeah. will all get sick with my cyber cooties. I'm、Especially, sorry, it's just yeah, yeah. It's just the way it goes. Like if you're listening with headphones, it's just gonna seep into your ear, and then there it is. It's in your brain. It's, just, it's it's a cyber bacteriophage nightmare. <laughs> All right. So, what what have you been、uh, up to in the last week or so since we recorded? Wait, no, we recorded a long time ago. I just uploaded it like a week ago. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, work hell. Uh. Literally been working overtime all week, so that's been my life. Not fun. Not fun to talk about either. So <laughs> that sounds super not fun. Yeah, you know, animation. What are you gonna do? <laughs> yep. You know,、What? you're just so dedicated to anime, you do it for work. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> you're definitely doing、I'm, doing anime. I'm definitely working in Japan right now. I'm living the dream of. Uh, being living, a work living the dream of being underpaid and <laughs>、yeah. eating cup noodle. Yeah, all day every day. That's my dream. It's not、yeah. entirely different from what I'm doing now, anyway. So, <laughs> I suppose that's fair. I suppose that's fair. Anyway, what, how's your week been, sick boy? Um, I have been sick, which <laughs> I think is quite evident if you listen to my voice. Uh, I have, aside from that, been. Playing a bunch of Fire Emblem Heroes, dude. I've been wanting to play that. I was gonna play it with you, 
at some point if we could, if, uh, if we were able no, to. No, that's no. You're thinking. You're thinking about warriors. You're thinking about oh, warriors. You're Heroes right, is you're the right. mobile game. You're right. I always confuse them, but I have also been playing Fire Emblem Heroes. Yeah, I. Oh fuck, dude. It's that gacha life is so is so tough. Like I played Puzzle and Dragons dude. for a long time, and yep, I know yep, you yep. did. Yep, yep. And that was just fucking crazy. Yep. Fire Emblem Heroes, I think, is a little bit easier on my my soft brain. Really? Yeah. Just because, like, the orbs I was, like, decent at, but I could never just wrap my head around them like people could. They, <laughs> they got really complicated sometimes. I don't know what's complex about it. Well, okay. Like, I I generally tended to play, like, um, like type of match heroes and not, like, combo heroes. Th- like, I was way better at combo heroes than I ever was at, like, using, like, Kirin or, like the 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 Indian goddess I don't remember what her name is okay but like those those were like you know match like green red blue and and like yellow and okay. you get like a bajillion times multiplier you know what I have a I have a my neighbor still plays and there's like heroes that are much easier to use because they're like conditional combo so it's like they're like hybrid heroes and they're a lot easier and you can get some fucking crazy mm-hmm. multipliers on them mm-hmm. without as much work see when you when you said orbs i immediately thought of the orbs in fire emblem heroes because that's what we were talking about and so that's why i oh. was like i don't get what's so complex about this. no those aren't very complex at all those <laughs> yeah, are actually quite like, simple it's like you're, you're getting currency what's complex about that <laughs> they outline how you get it <laughs> i was looking at the google play um store yeah to look at our podcast which is now on the google play store you can now get it on the google play store oh and my the iTunes store. holy um, cow <laughs> but i also happened to like happen upon my purchase history and ugh, you <sighs> did not spend money <sighs> these don't ga- talk to you me. are such a sucker for all these microtransaction games <laughs> Do not talk to me about how much money I spent in November of 2017 on fucking uh, Fire Emblem Heroes. You it did was not. Bad. You did not. Oh my god. <laughs> I spent at least sixty dollars. Well, it's not as bad as you in Overwatch. Well, but... Overwatch is like pretty similar because I spend like fifty dollars every couple of months. Well, that's why I'm saying, like, like you haven't spent as much in total on Overwatch as you. Or not, yeah, but I've also played and- a lot more Overwatch. <laughs> like I have, I have at least three hundred hours in that game. Well, uh, oh well, you have a problem that I think you've at least recognized. You've just yeah. succumbed to it. It's all. <laughs> yeah, I've spent yeah. zero monies on Overwatch and Fire Emblem, so you and I are just in two different camps, buddy. <laughs> yep, you're, you're a responsible adult, and <laughs> I am a trash person. Uh, I will say, I spent not as much money this year on Fire Emblem Heroes, and I did do a lot of like grind work to like get all those orbs, and yes. I still got fucked over. I spent so many goddamn orbs trying to get New Year's heroes. My my like my summon rate was some my my summon rate for the focus heroes was something like five point five before I got one. Which one did you get? I I when I as soon as I saw your wife, I was like, I bet Soupy's gonna try for that one. <laughs> I got Azura. You got her. Okay, good. Yeah. So now I have every every iteration of Azura. I'm I'm glad. Um, 
<laughs> we, uh, I know someone who has every iteration of, of Frederick, so. I mean, there's know. only, like, two. No, uh, Frederick and, uh, what's his name? Um, oh, Frick. The, the guy from Conquest. Uh. Xander? Xander, yes. She has oh, every okay. iteration you mean, of Frederick. You mean Blonde Daddy Frederick. Yeah, Frederick and Xander. <laughs> All right, do you want to talk about anime now? Because this isn't the <laughs> Now Fire that Emblem we've Heroes addressed cast. your addiction, now let's talk about your addiction to food. <laughs> okay. All right. You're not wrong. <laughs> but that's okay. That's something we share, actually. I love food too much. Yeah. Well, and now you get to learn more about it because there's a Fate series about food and you've never watched fate <laughs> i have i'm so fucking lost when i watch this show like i don't understand anything about any of these characters i just know that like saber is everybody's waifu and <laughs> there is a boy named emia and he's the one who's like you you die if you're killed <laughs> yes. and i know that there are people and they summon legend people. Yes. Kind of. And, and no, that's exactly it. They they summon them, and then they have a battle royale. And that's that's it. And then if you win, you get a wish. But that's not this anime. This anime is like set like in an AU or some kind of situation where all the uh, characters from Fate Stay Night um are having like just like a daily life of eating and napping and having a good time in Japan. <laughs> uh it's a very chill anime. It's it's Emiya Sanchino Kyo no Gohan and uh it's about Emiya cooking for Saber and the rest of his family or whoever drops by his house and they detail it all and you get to learn about cooking while watching your babies not suffer <laughs> i'm gonna be honest mm -hmm. i hope this is a trend that catches on and continues like i fucking <laughs> love it when they take a serious ass anime and they're just like okay but like what if we have a spinoff that's just about like cooking or slice of life as much as i have a soft spot in my heart for um the melancholy of harvey suzumiya mm -hmm. i really like the spinoff that's focused on um nagato yeah. Mostly just because I like her character better. I, I, I'm I inclined to agree. <laughs> but that's just because, like, she fills a very um, specific hole in my heart. Well, I think with these spinoffs, well, they're, they're, spinoffs are kind of hit and miss, but I think with these kinds especially, it's like they know what their fandom likes about their series and so they f choose to focus on that and and address what wasn't addressed in the anime that the fans might want more of in this case it was the fake characters actually you know living their lives and being happy that See, wasn't a thing in the actual series <laughs> this actually makes me kind of want to watch fate and i know we've only watched one episode of this show but it's about yeah. food and there's fucking pretty anime people that's yeah. all I need in my life. That's all I need in my life. All right, well, you, you might enjoy fate. I don't. Maybe. I mean, you at least get to see where the infamous, you know, people die when they are killed line comes from. People die when they are killed. 
Yeah, when he <laughs> so I think I okay I've had this explained to me a lot, and yeah. I think I understand the idea that they're going for. I I do too. It's but just, it's just so fucking funny. It's so funny, and at first I thought it was a translation error, and then I was like, no, that's that's exactly no, what, that's he just said, what he says. Though. Yeah, that is exactly yeah. what he said. And then it comes up again. It comes up in assassination classroom too, <laughs> and it's just oh my like. God. <laughs> It's just, I don't know how else you could translate it, though, to be fair. I mean, <laughs> you'd have to, like, get the idea across without just translating it literally, mm-hmm. which is sometimes quite difficult. Yeah. Um, especially with series where, like, the things that they're saying in the first place don't necessarily make sense in a normal context. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, translation is a hard job because it's less about, like, getting the literal meaning across and yeah. more about getting the feeling across yeah so yeah no i i don't envy them the job and i don't envy them having to translate that line into people die when they are killed <laughs> i think it's kind of neat but mine like japanese is not nearly good enough to do that and i'd have to put some serious work into that so eh, i'll do just it. sit here not doing that you should do it <laughs> but what what other shows do you think could benefit from this formula because personally, I want my recreator's slice of life. Dude, oh my god, that would be so good. <laughs> I just, I want them all to hang out and be happy and wear fashionable clothing and just, man, it would be so good. Um, Since I watched it recently, I'd want it for Inuyashiki. <laughs> <laughs> it would be horrible for Inuyashiki. No. It would just I be want... about the old man and how everyone in his family hates him. No, because... Because people come around by the end, okay? That's what the whole series is about, but spoilers, but also, like... Okay, I didn't watch it, so... Yeah, you didn't watch it. You just heard me rant about it <laughs> because I got so salty. <laughs> I'm going to be honest. I uh-huh. think that this season, when I'm, like, looking over the list now, a uh-huh. lot of this season is very much like this show. This show is, like, very characteristic of this season. I think fucking yeah. everyone in Japan is like, we need a fucking break. Yeah, I think last season was like edge, edge, drama, edge. And then this season is just like, it's the new year. We need something nice. (laughs) This season is so fluffy. Yes. Uh, So we've we've obviously only watched one episode of that, but, you know, how are you feeling about it? I really like it. I want to watch more. I really, as, as someone who's watched Fate, I really love seeing the characters in this new light, like exploring aspect of their lives in Japan. That they didn't really have before. <laughs> or they didn't show, at least. Um, and I don't have to worry about drama. I just have to enjoy the ride and the characters. And the food. Oh my gosh. The food is great. Oh, I want to make so everything good. that he makes. Oh my god. That's that's my idea for uh, a new show. It's just, I'm going to make all the food that they make in anime. And then I'm going to eat it. I was thinking about that. I was like, dude, you would make a great like chef for like anime foods. Anime chef. <laughs> and Listen, I would Randy, freaking next, watch it. <laughs> next next time you're in town, we'll just we'll, we'll like cook it oh up my together. God, that'd be great. Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, speaking what, of someone did, Yeah, how did you like it though? Yeah, speaking of someone who has not watched Fate, mm-hmm. I really enjoyed it because awesome. it was soft and fluffy and there was food and dude. you know, you have the advantage of characters that are already established so you don't need to establish anything about their personalities like you can just have them play it straight and it's characterized really strongly because of that 
Mm. I really enjoyed it. So you didn't feel like lost at all as someone who didn't watch Fate to hop into this show that is just a spinoff of Fate? Well, not super lost, but I did feel like a weird sense of I'm familiar with these characters in that I've seen them before, Mm -hmm. but I just don't know anything about them. Sure. Like, like spiky blue boy. Yeah, yeah, and I've seen and, him fucking everywhere, but I don't know what the hell he does. Or and, yeah, is. no, I feel that, and how I freaking scream every time I see him. I I understand. <laughs> is that a good scream or a bad scream? Because I know you do both. There's a lot. There's okay. a lot of feelings to unpack there, but right. uh, right. yeah, no, I think it's also a good promotion for the actual series because it is older. Like Faith Today Night is older now compared to all the freaking iterations of it that are out now. Um, Although, okay. Yeah. I did ask around mm-hmm. about how to watch Fate, and the con- the general consensus just seems to be watch the ones that look pretty, and then read the fucking wiki. <laughs> I uh, for for me, I would watch Fate Stay Night first, then watch Fate Zero, and then watch any others that you're interested in. Which for me, I wasn't interested in any other ones. So <laughs> well, there you go. Sounds it sounds good. So yeah. if you like cooking and. Mm-hmm pretty anime people mm-hmm. and i guess also fate mm-hmm. watch it yeah if you don't even you don't even have to like fate like soup it just if you like food or whatever slice of life <laughs> do you want to know what my favorite thing about this section is like mm-hmm. this entire episode mm-hmm. if we do it regularly enough i won't have to put together a mega cut every fucking end of the year <laughs> that was insane <laughs> it was a, it was a lot Anyway, um, the next thing that we watched was Ramen Daisuke Koizumi-san to continue our food theme. Yeah, food. So this is something that I read as a manga. It is about, it is the beautiful journey of a young woman in high school who falls in love and then subsequently falls in love with ramen because the person she likes is obsessed with ramen. It's much less dramatic than I'm making it out to be. It's like a really cute show where they just eat ramen and they explain things about ramen and i love ramen so i fucking love this show and and this girl is very thirsty one girl is thirsty for ramen the other one is thirsty for the other girl so if if that sounds like your jam it's a perfect combination it's a perfect combination of the things that you like (laughs) i mean it's it's nothing spectacular but it's like very comfortable to watch and the ramen looks really good so yeah. if you're into ramen, watch it. If you're into yeah. food, watch yeah. it. If, yeah, I, I love it. I love ramen, and the characters are, are funny enough, and I just make fun of them because they're ridiculous, but it's actually a really great show. <laughs> they're pretty silly. Although I will say, and we're not going to talk about it yet, mm-hmm. watching this right after watching Yuru Camp mm-hmm. is an interesting experience because Yuru Camp it just sort of highlights why it's so good, but mm-hmm. we'll talk about that later. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, next we watched Sora Yori Mo Toi Basho, or A Place Further Than the Universe, which we've only also watched one episode of, even though there are two out at current. It's, I hope it's good. Dude, I think it's, well, the first episode at least was freaking fantastic. Um, It seems like it has a really strong storyline that it's going to follow. Uh, and they already have really nice characters. Like they just they told the first episode so perfectly and introduced everyone with such good pacing that I'm I'm quite relieved because usually pilot episodes they can they can be a hot mess. 
But this one was just like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to see what kind of adventure these girls go on. If you know me, you know I love coming-of-age stories, and this is the most coming-of-age. <laughs> it is. The most coming-of-the-most-ageist. Yes, yes. Um, it's about these two high school girls. and Yeah, they're high schools. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, one of them wants to go to Antarctica, and the other one just wants to go to an, on an adventure because she's... Uh, She's she's kind of always wanted to and, and kind of reclaimed this dream of, oh, I want to go on an adventure and skip school and all that, that kind of thing. And now she's finally taking her first step towards that. Yeah, I'm really excited for this because, I mean, it, it appeals to me just on every level. Mm-hmm. And I love, I just, I just, I love coming of age stories. They get me every time. <laughs> I just, I feel so, uh, it makes me feel so fluffy inside. And there's going to be drama, and there's going to be tears, and there's going to be sadness, but there's also going to be triumph and joy, and it's going to be wonderful, I hope. <laughs> I have high hopes like for, I have high hopes for this show. <laughs> yeah, I have high hopes too. The storytelling so far is fantastic. I really love it. Oh, the anime is really pretty too. It is so pretty. Oh, man. <laughs> Even though it's not the prettiest thing that has come out this season, no. it is definitely one of the prettiest. Yeah, it is definitely it, it does what it does well. And then oh man, and and the the premise itself is unique in my opinion, and I really want to see where they go with it. So, yeah. So, if you like me, like coming of age stories, watch it. If you just like an interesting story in general, I'd recommend at least taking a peek at the first episode. If you like rendered boats, I guess watch it. Dude, boats. Boats The are boats great. look pretty neat. They are pretty neat. <laughs> That's not all there is to it, but, you know, <laughs> there they are there. I mean, it's a it's a it's a plus. It's a side benefit. <laughs> all right, let's talk about Pop Team Epic. A hard left from coming of age stories. <laughs> De- yep, definitely a lot. <laughs> how do you how would you describe Pop Team Epic, Soup? Pop Team Epic is what happens when you take your traditional Yonkoma format and you inject it with millennial humor. Accurate. It, the, the humor is extremely, extremely current. So if you are internet trash like us and you basically only live on the internet and your flesh bodies are basically, they just shackle you down. Then... Listen, my flesh body is a wasting husk. Yeah, exactly. Then uh, Pop Team Epic, you'll probably appreciate greatly. <laughs> yeah, it's legitimately funny if mm-hmm. you're into that kind of humor, but mm-hmm. if you're not, it's not going to land at all. Because yeah. it's just, otherwise it's just fucking weird. Yeah. And I love that the entire show is looking like it's going to have this big meta joke where mm-hmm. they essentially rebroadcast the episode but they swap out the voice actors mm-hmm. because in one of the um in one of the original uh comic strips they're like you know when we become an anime we want these insert two really famous male like voice actors as mm-hmm. our voice actors mm-hmm. and so they have the episode with them as the voice actors for these like high school girls and then yep. they have yep. the one with the quote unquote real voices Yes, and and so far it's it's we've watched two episodes and they've kept up the joke, <laughs> like for both, which yep. is fantastic. And I don't know, as someone who hasn't read hardly any of the comics, uh, I really like it. It's freaking funny. The humor is so random. Sometimes it doesn't land with me, but then they'll pick it up with a joke right after that has me in stitches. So 
<laughs> yeah. And I also, I love that it's not like a cheap re-recording either. Yeah. Like, if there's a song that happens, they get the dudes to do it too. Oh, it's so good. And and they'll have like subtle changes between the, the two halves of the episode. Also, the ending is sung by the voice actors, no matter which side. So they yes. just play it twice. Yes, <laughs> it's yes. It's great. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> yeah, so it's re- it's really funny uh, if you like absurdist comedy. So mm-hmm. if you're into that, mm-hmm. check it out. Check it out, man. That's our impression of it. <laughs> okay, let's take another hard left into Darling and the Franks. Dude, we're taking, this is a roller coaster right here. <laughs> It'll calm down. It'll, are no, you sure? It won't. I don't know. No, I'm looking ahead. We started with cooking. No, we started slow and easy with two cooking anime, and then we spiraled off into the distance. Yep. Yep. Anyway, Darling in the Franks. Uh, freaking. What a show. It's, it's anime to the anime. Like, every Holy anime trope shit. that you could ever think of is in this show. Like, we, throughout watching the first episode, just kept referencing other shows that it was probably referencing. Yeah, it's like one big amalgamation of mm-hmm. everything that the people that do like the the people behind Studio Trigger have ever done, mm-hmm. and it's very pretty. Mm-hmm. Like as as gorgeous as the uh, animation of Violet Evergarden is from a technical standpoint, mm-hmm. the animation in this show is like stellar in a way yeah. that isn't strictly it's pretty it's incredibly uh energetic and it's bombastic like the cinematography the animation itself everything is so explosive and fluid and you can't help but just at least wanting to watch more even if you don't necessarily care for the story which yeah that that might be where i stand (laughs) i mean i'm interested in the story i'm just not hyper interested in the main character because so far, nothing about him stands out. Mm-hmm. Like, he just... I am I swear to God, if if you just described this character, I wouldn't be able to tell you who it was. I don't even remember his name. I don't remember his name either. It's like they took a generic anime protagonist yeah. and just put that in. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it's almost as if this show doesn't care about the protagonist at all. I don't all. think it cares about him at all, because the other characters, especially the pink hair girl, is way, are just way more interesting. I think um, the pink hair girl is who we're supposed to focus on. I think, I think she is as well. Like, main character is just there almost like as a... You know how some shows, they'll, they'll make a really plain main character so you can insert yourself into that position? I think that's what he's there for. He's... This this character is the Nick Carraway of of Darling in the Franks. He is he is the Nick Carraway. He is the Otome protagonist of Darling in the Franks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So I don't know. Um, the animation top tier. The story is so far as, eh, but they're also just setting it up. So it's entirely possible that it will get way more interesting later on because it's a collaboration between. A1 Pictures and Trigger, so I I think a lot of people have high hopes for it. So if you like Mecha and mm-hmm. Studio Trigger, mm-hmm. you will enjoy this. Yeah. If but... you like robots, you will enjoy this. Yep. If you like Star Driver, you'll probably enjoy this. Basically. I mean, didn't the designer for Star Driver 
designed the mecha in this one as well? Yeah, it's the same guy. Yeah. So It wigs it wigs me out honestly that the mecha in this show has like real I was going to say real human eyes, but like they're like anime eyes. It has it has it has anime eyes and an anime bod with an anime skirt. This robot has an anime skirt. <laughs> Listen, I kind of have to respect the character designer because he, he basically was like, he was like, "What kind of robot do you want, do you want me to make?" And they're just like, "We we need you to make like a really bombastic robot." And he was like, "What's the point of making a robot if you can't fuck it?" <laughs> oh god, this is like near all over again. But I mean, pretty but much robots instead of androids. <laughs> yeah, I like the enemy designs too, like the fucking uh, the freaking freaking Zekrom. You mean? <laughs> yeah. It was beautiful. It had a big giant head and little tiny arms. And it had the Zekrom tail that just went poo and then pew. Yep. Yep. <laughs> anyway, watch it at least so you can make comparisons to it towards any other anime that you watched. <laughs> I think I think that like at this point people who know about Studio Trigger will know what they're about mm-hmm. and will probably watch it. Mm-hmm. Like it is at the very least more interesting to me than Kiznaiver ended up being, as pretty as that show was. Hmm. I never watched Kiznaiver, so. You didn't watch no. Kiznaiver? No. Oh, that must have been before we we were doing anime nights together. Probably. It was very pretty. Not mm. that interesting. Mm-hmm. Like at all. <laughs> so oh, the next one. Yeah, next one is Kokoku, which I watched and you did it because you're late. <laughs> Listen, I it, it fell out of my mind. <laughs> Honestly, during during our watch session of many animes, it I forgot about it too. But then it popped up on the homepage for anime, whatever anime website I use. So yeah, so Kokoku is uh, kind of like a supernatural thriller. Um, it has a lot to do with. Uh, manipulating time and so this family basically two family members get kidnapped the rest of the family tries to go after them and they use these stasis powers to try and save them problem is that when they go to save the two kidnapped family members they come across another group who is also able to use stasis powers and they have a stasis showdown (laughs) and that's the first two episodes i watched yep Interesting. Mm-hmm. So they're like time Jedi. Basically, only they're very ordinary people. <laughs> okay, so you're going to have to explain to me how they fight using time stopping. I mean, they don't really. They they so the grandfather of the family, he he uses this stone and he basically drops his blood into it and then activates a spell. And the spell allows them to enter one single frame in time. Like the way he describes it is if you look at a film reel, they enter one single frame. And in that single singular, that, that, that single second a moment in time, they can move around freely while everyone else is frozen. And so the problem is that if you mess around too much and you try to affect uh, the people who are in stasis, then there's this kind of like an entity or guardian or whatever that... that maintains the rules of of stasis and so if you try to kill someone who's in stasis that thing will pop your little head off which happens to one of the people in the anime so um, i suppose that's fair 
Yeah, so, other, I mean, other than that, they don't really have any special powers except for the grandfather who can uh, ve- do very, very short span teleportation. So What? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, like, like just, like, uh, several yards worth. <laughs> like, not, not anything impressive, but, like, he does, he is able to teleport uh, people who are not in stasis. Like, if he tries to teleport someone in stasis, they just get left behind. So, Renny, you told me these were ordinary people. I love how they mundane are, this power is, but you told me they were ordinary they people. They are, except for the grandfather. And so then you start, uh, they, the way that they start unveiling the story is that there's something going on in this family that's passed down from earlier generations. And you don't quite know what it is yet, aside from these stasis powers and teleportation. <laughs> I see. Yeah. It sounds, then, it sounds yeah. interesting. It is, it is interesting. I really want to watch more. Um, to see where the story goes. All right. Yep. So next, we have the super quality, quality anime that we're going to watch more of, right, Soup? <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sanrio Danshi. <laughs> that one highly anticipated anime where pretty boys like Sanrio. <laughs> I'm going to be honest, I'm terrified that our starting podcast is just gonna get squashed by Sanrio's lawyers for mentioning Sanrio. <laughs> the Sanrio just like, overlords. You said Hello Kitty. Our <laughs> censors went off. You've co- you've like violated our copyright. Destroy. But we're just talking about the name of an anime that you signed with. <laughs> Listen, they're like hyper vehement about not letting people make like fan works. Oh. Because their lawyers are very strong. Oh. Well, good thing I don't draw Hello Kitty and all that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, so Sanrio Danchi is conceptually interesting to me. Like, I like it. I like the idea of it better than I like the actual show itself. <laughs> because I kind of really dig the narrative it is presenting to us of, yeah. about, like, loss and about <laughs> rejecting hypermasculinity and about mm-hmm. um, being able to be comfortable in your masculinity while also liking something that is not traditionally masculine. Yeah. But the execution of it is so fucking boring to me. <laughs> it has a very, very typical, like, pretty boy anime kind of shoujo-esque execution. And... While the themes in it are, you know, it's like you said, they're they're quite nice and they could be very complex. The way that they carry it out is just such a, I don't know how to describe it. It's boring, <laughs> Renu, it's boring. <laughs> it's just not interesting to watch. It's not the best, like, it's a very typical story kind of thing. Um, it's so, so it's so bland <laughs> that it's hard to even... <laughs> laugh at it because you know it's not funny that the boys that are really pretty like Sanrio so obviously I can't laugh about that and I can't laugh about the fact that it's bad because it's just not even bad it's just bland (laughs) it's like one of those anime where you if you've seen one type of this anime you've seen them all and that's that's kind of the category that it falls in it feels exactly. like a pastiche of every anime in the pretty boy category. Yeah, exactly. But, like, not in an interesting way. It's like a, a flattening. <laughs> it flattens them. It flattens them and then just sprinkles Hello Kitty all over it. And that it's like, that's it. That's is. an anime. That, that's it. Yeah. I Yeah. That's an accurate description. It's like a Hello Kitty pancake. <laughs> a Hello Kitty okonomiyaki. 
<laughs> yes. A, a Sanrio Okonomiyaki. Sanrio. Don't crush us, please. <laughs> Sanrio, please don't sue us. I don't have money. I'm just a poor college student. <laughs> also, don't sue me. I'm still in debt from school, so. <laughs> Too real. Uh, if you like Sanrio, watch it. If you yeah. like Pretty Boys, watch yeah. it. That's if it. you like Pretty Boys Who Like Sanrio, watch it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> to be honest, I think this, the sort of target demographic for this show is very self-explanatory. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I only mildly like any of these things that's involved in it, so I only mildly like the anime. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Yep. Because I don't want to. I don't want to spend more time on Sunrina Danshi. Oh, uh, but I want to spend all the time analyzing each nope, character. get out of here! Get out of here! We're only halfway through the list. Get out of here. <laughs> talk about anyway, Cardcaptor Sakura. Let's, let's talk about Cardcaptor Sakura, the clear card arc, which uh, it's the newest um, arc in Cardcaptor Sakura. The uh, Clamp is revisiting it in the manga, and so. They're making an anime about it, and very, people are very excited. Like people like me who grew up with Cardcaptor Sakura, and we only watched the first episode, and I have mixed feelings about it, man. But that's mostly not necessarily from the anime standpoint, but just from a story standpoint. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's been too long that that because it's very, very much on point and on theme for '90s anime, '90s shoujo, little girl anime that I'm not a little 90s girl anymore. And so it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't tickle my fancy other than the fact that I love seeing the characters again. <laughs> yeah, I think the thing about Cardcaptor Sakura is mm-hmm. that it hasn't aged super well because it's yeah. obviously, you know, geared towards small children. Yeah. And this new arc is not hyper interesting like you're like oh wow what's the mystery of the clear cards but at the same time it's just like well she's just collecting more cards and she's got new powers and i guess like Shaoran's back and stuff yeah and, it, like, gang's all I back together it, it picks up like the anime picks up right where the the last anime left off rather than picking up where the manga left off type of thing um mm-hmm. but yeah it I don't know. It, it doesn't. It do, it's not as approachable as other children's anime where like an adult can watch it and still really enjoy it. This one is definitely still almost primarily, I would say, targeted towards young girls. Which the young girls who used to watch Cardcaptor Sakura are all grown up now, and they might like me enjoy seeing the characters again. But the story itself is, while it's nostalgic toward Cardcaptor Sakura because it's still very on point for it, <laughs> it's also not current at all. <laughs> Aside from the fact that she has a smartphone now, y'all, Sakura has a smartphone. <laughs> so yeah, it hasn't aged well, clearly. Yeah. If you are a young child, you'll probably still enjoy this because, God, it is so easy to just lose yourself in all kinds of inane shit when you're a child. <laughs> For sure. And man, I love I love Clamp. I love everything they do. So I will probably continue watching this to see where it goes. I am intrigued by the story, so there's at least that, like, in terms of the mystery that's going on around it. Not so much, like, some of the other stuff, like, I don't know. The shoujo romance, I'm I'm just so far beyond and above past that, so. <laughs> You're over elementary schoolers. Yeah, a little bit. I love Sakura, though, and I love Shiaran, but 
The cherry blossom romance scenes are killing me, man. They are actually killing me. <laughs> I'm a jaded old grandma now. <laughs> no, it's okay. I feel that. <laughs> let's... <laughs> let's take let's... another hard turn. <laughs> yeah, let's take another hard turn. A really hard turn. <laughs> Pro- probably like the hardest turn in the whole... Th- n- no, it's... We're just taking a big Junji Ito detour. <laughs> okay. A big like... Junji Ito-shaped detour. If you don't know who Junji Ito is, he is the god of horror manga. Mm-hmm. That's all you need to know. This is just an adaptation of his collection of works. Yeah. How do you feel about this? It's fantastic because I love Junji Ito's work, and it's, like, creepy and uncomfortable and disturbing. That being said, this first uh, episode that we watched was not as creepy and disturbing as his other works. And so it was actually fairly funny. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, that kid is a menace to himself. <laughs> he is a menace to himself. Oh, man, he's, su- he's such a good character. <laughs> See, I feel like we have differing opinions on this because I don't actually like this anime. Mm. And uh, that's not just because <laughs> there were there was doll horror and I fucking Are you doll sure? horror. Are you sure? It's I I actually don't think that uh, Junji Ito's work translates really well to anime unless mm. the director's really good at horror because part of the suspense of Junji Ito's work mm. is baked into the medium of manga where you have to turn the page yourself so you're kind of like yeah. dreading what comes next yeah, yeah, but yeah. when that pace is set for you by the anime mm-hmm. and especially if the director isn't well versed in how to build tension mm-hmm. then it can just sort of very easily dissipate and yeah. that's how i feel like watching it i i actually am inclined to agree because despite the fact that i had enjoyed the anime it wasn't scary at all like it was funny to me and so um i don't know if they intentionally did it that way to kind of like lure you into a false sense of security but even the second um episode or half or whatever with the dolls, I was, I was just kind of, like, left feeling like it's, it seemed like they were attempting horror, you know. Um, but it didn't have that same tension that you feel when you read the story. Which I know it would be really hard to replicate over anime, you know, it's a different media. But it just, like, I kind of wish that they had found a way to recreate it, you know, in a different way, maybe. Okay, so if you like Junji Ito, I mean, you can watch it, but I don't think you're going to get as much out of it as his uh, other works. I think uh, the story itself has something to do with it because I agree that it was pretty comical almost. Mm-hmm. And it, the second story was a little bit like creepy kind of, mm-hmm. but yeah. ultimately I don't think it landed. Like I wasn't really scared or even uh, reasonably unsettled. Right. And I hate dolls. Yeah, uh, it was, uh, I kind of want to watch more episodes to figure it out and see whether by the end, if I end up liking the anime or not. But the first episode was a very strange note to introduce us on, unless it is one of those, like, let your guard down kind of thing, and then they'll actually get into the more frightening stuff. Listen, I'm just saying, it's not as creepy as I wanted it to be, and I hate doll anime. Uh, or, yeah. Fuck, I already said that. I hate I hate dolls in general. Like, doll horror gets me. We we had a good time making you watch The Boy. 
<laughs> Which, Fuck that movie. <laughs> I mean, you. I mean, it, in the end, it wasn't about the doll, though. It was fine. I appreciate that, like, the boy ended up being just the most ridiculously mundane kind of horror. It's just, like, some <laughs> crazy person that lives in the walls. Yeah. But, like, at the same time, I hated it. <laughs> and everything that it stood for. Okay. Well, let's let's talk about our, our next... <laughs> yeah, another another hard left into our next show. Um, Hakume and Mikochi. It's so, so good. It's so cute. <laughs> this is also something that I was reading the manga for. Oh. And I was so excited mm-hmm. when they announced that there was an anime. I love this. Yeah. A lot. Yeah, I love it too as someone who didn't know that there was a manga. <laughs> so if you don't know, it's about little tiny people and they live in the magic forest with a bunch of talking animals and they just live their life and it's amazing and beautiful and comfortable and warm and pastoral and it's everything that i want out of a manga and an anime and now it's an anime yes and it's so calm and chill and you're just gonna have a nice relaxing time when you watch this anime if you just need to wind down with something that you don't have to think about and just enjoy, then by all means, watch it. If you want, like, a really warm and uh, pastoral, and I know I said that, but pastoral, uh, non-traditional slice of life, mm-hmm. then this is a very good pick. It, it feels like I'm watching a children's book. Yes. Which, and that's, like, yeah. that's pretty high praise for me. It's It's lovely because, like, for me, slice of life divvies either into highly, highly relatable and enjoyable, or extremely boring. And this one is very much the former. My God, it is such a healing show. <laughs> healing. <laughs> it makes me feel warm inside it again does. after all these years of being cold and dead inside. I mean, we we did talk about this the other time about how all the trash that you imbibe with your dramas and your pettiness. You gotta balance it out with something heartwarming. So this is that. <laughs> I do. I do have to balance it out. <laughs> I love Hakume and Mikochi a lot. Yes. And I'm I'm really excited for more episodes. And I'm really glad that the anime adaptation's good. It's mm-hmm. so pretty. Mm-hmm. It looks it looks like a little like watercolor storybook kind of. It's gorgeous. It's oh very gosh. soft, and the attention to detail that was in the manga has been reproduced faithfully. And I'm so glad. That's good. Yeah, I love, love, love how it looks, and I love the characters, and it's all great. By all means, at least check it out if you want a relaxing, chill show. Next is something that I watched and you didn't. Aha! We get to trade off. Yep, I watched uh, Takunomi, which is about a girl from the countryside who comes to the big Tokyo city to become a hardworking city girl, like a very sort of traditional metropolitan narrative. That sounds like your kind of story that you would watch and not me. <laughs> yeah, but it's, like, not about that at all, actually. She just oh. comes to this, like, boarding house, okay. and, like, she shares the home with a bunch of other women, and they all just like to drink. Oh. Which is also right up my alley. Yes, it is. It's uh, only a half length, so it's, like, 12, 12 minutes for an episode. And oh. it's very clear about what it is. Mm-hmm. Like, there are no misgivings about what it is. It's quite straightforward. They are girls 
or rather they're they're young women and they like to drink. Mm-hmm. The first episode was about beer. So do they teach you about different kinds of alcohol? Yeah, I mean they're they generally just like gush about alcohol. I oh, think because okay, okay. the because the first episode was about uh, Yebisu beer, which is um, a uh, it's a brand that is under Sapporo. Uh huh. And apparently, it's like I probably wouldn't like that beer to be honest, because it looks like it's while being you know kind of a traditional. Uh, sort of light drink. Mm-hmm. It is apparently more hoppy than oh. uh, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, a lot of the other beers. Which is, I hate hops. A lot of, a lot of people gross. don't like hops. Some people are even allergic to hops. So, <laughs> well, like that's like a problem because, like, I think I think that a lot of craft beer is just like, how much fucking hops can we shove into this beer? And it's Basically. like, no, hops yeah. are gross and disgusting. <laughs> and this is like this is an opinion coming from somebody who drinks coffee black so <laughs> like i like black coffee and i think hops are gross as shit <laughs> well as someone who dislikes both coffee and beer i don't i don't know if i'll be watching this anime <laughs> i actually like beer and I, I, i'm thinking that they're gonna like get into other kinds of alcohol oh okay well there's that at least personally i'm into it mm-hmm if you like girls and you like alcohol, I would just recommend watching it. There you go. But also, if you like those things, just I would read Nomi Joshi. It's better. Mm. Yeah, it's just better in every way. <laughs> Shade. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's a comfortable watch, and there's a lot of comfortable watches. Very easy to turn your brain off, and it's also not a full-length episode, so it doesn't drag. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of comfortable watches this season, man. Listen, after the dumpster fire that was 2017, if we don't have comfort anime, what do we have? Nothing. The world <laughs> the world is at perpetual threat of collapse. We need to keep topping ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I do I do think and I'm going to be like serious for a moment, but I do think that the rise in slice of life as um Essentially, slice of life as wish fulfillment and fantasy is just so fascinating. Because, mm-hmm. like, that's a big part of why I enjoy really pastoral things like Hakumei Mikochi and yeah. Stardew Valley. Yes, it's it feels like a life that is more manageable and slower. And obviously, yeah. if you really lived that life, it would be fucking terrible. Like, you'd be bored as shit, and you'd have to deal with cows, and cows are adorable but also terrible. And you have to touch their udders to get all that milk out. Oh my god, you're very specific in your nightmare about farm life. <laughs> I would never want to live on a farm, but I like the idea of a fantasy farm. Yeah, that, that's why Stardew exists. <laughs> yeah, that's why Stardew Valley exists, so that I can, you know, play farming and not do farming. Yeah. Although, there was a guy who bought a farm after really enjoying Stardew Valley, really? and I think that's really funny. He's And when asked about it, he was like, yeah, it's okay. I like it, actually. Oh, well... So good for that guy. Yeah, good, good for, for that, that guy. guy. He's, he's committed. <laughs> uh, next, we watched Gaku and Babysitters. <laughs> it's an it's an anime about babysitting. Small it's children. It's really cute, actually. It's actually really cute. The kids aren't horribly annoying. I mean, sometimes sometimes they are, but that's because that's that's people in general, not just kids. 
and yeah i feel like they know. portray children very well in this show it's it's pretty Especially well like children. there's some parts of it where i'm like that's not entirely accurate as someone who has like a niece and nephew around the age of these kids but like other than that like i really like it i want to watch more of it <laughs> Also, there's like a there's like a little like animation trick they do where to make the kids seem more lively, they animate them in ones when they run. <laughs> That's why it looks so funny. I love it. <laughs> it looks it looks so good when they scuttle around. They're like scuttle, scuttle, scuttle. They're so cute. <laughs> They're, it's really cute. Yeah. Uh, so if you want a, a cute, lighthearted watch, no no real investment into it, just like watch it and enjoy it then yeah gaku and babysitters is about taking care of children (laughs) if you like babies watch it yeah if you like babies watch it if you hate babies this isn't gonna turn your opinion around (laughs) not really no no (laughs) yeah (laughs) all right right. and we move on from babies to babies to yes to more babies (laughs) not literal babies so next we watch karakai jozu no takaki-san Oh, which boy. is about middle schoolers mm-hmm. who, from my perspective, are babies. They are babies. Just a different kind of baby. Yeah, they have big old baby eyes, big old baby foreheads. Oh my god, they're so cute. They are really cute. The art in this anime is so cute. Uh, just the way that they draw the characters and their interactions is really adorable. Surprise, surprise. This is another one that I read the manga for. Oh my god, you read a lot. Which is why I knew lot. we had to watch it. <laughs> I do read a lot. I'm really sad because Batoto just shut down. Oh no, what? Uh, well, because the guy managing it was like, I like don't have enough money to hire people to manage this, and I've been managing it alone for like five years, and I'm Ooh. fucking stressed as shit. Oh, so, yeah. Like, it's it's fair. Yeah. I'm just really sad that my favorite uh, manga hosting site is, is gone. Now you gotta find another one, I guess. I know, and I... It's gonna be hard to find one that is as you know, reasonable as Batoto was because they would legitimately let people make ad revenue off of their site if they gave them, like, their ad keys. Whoa. Which which is the reason that I, I started reading them in the first place. Because huh. before I was just on, like, you know, pirating sites like Manga Fox or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really sad that Batoto is going. I hope something else fills the, the niche because... And, like, this is, like, this is just me sounding, like, you know, entitled, but I just, I I literally do not have money to spend on all of these other hosting sites. Like, I know that it'll support the creator, and it, that would be great and all, but, like, I just, I can't read them in the first place because I don't have the money to read them, and I don't want to invest in things that I don't know what they're like. Plus, like, scanlation sites always have really weird finds that you almost never find in, like, big-name publishers. Oh, yeah, for sure, like... Um, like, I know you have Amazon Prime, and I know Amazon's getting into streaming anime and uh, uploading manga and stuff like that, but for sure they wouldn't have, like, really small-time scanlations. At least I would yeah. be surprised Batata if they was, did. Uh, was where I read uh, My Lesbian Experience with Loneliness for the first time, which is really fucking good. <laughs> if you haven't if you haven't read it you really have to i was really surprised because batoto also they had a lot of dojins on there i was just like what yeah they do yeah <laughs> i think it's I, I think it's really neat that a site like that existed and i'm really hoping that something will pop up to fill that niche mm-hmm. but yeah this is not the batoto cast no it's a we're we're talking about takagi-san so takagi-san is about 
a boy who really wants to get one over on this girl that keeps teasing him mm-hmm. because she's the master of pranks and he's a dope. Mm-hmm. And it's so cute and I love them. Yeah, they're adorable. And if you like, I mean, it, it, the formula, in a sense, it gets repetitive because it's all, it's just about her always getting, always one-upping him. But then there's the small intrigue of, like, they they definitely have crushes on each other, but the boy is, like, really slow at realizing, or at least he doesn't want to acknowledge it. And then the girl definitely knows her feelings and all that, and so she kind of, like, cleverly almost reveals her feelings to him all the time. And so there's kind of that tension there. I really love that um, it is a formula that could get stale, like you said, mm-hmm. but because it has the overarching element of, like, will they, won't they? Yeah, exactly. It's really cute. And also just their interactions are really good. Yeah. Oh, man, they're so cute. I love it. If you if you like uh, cute anime mm-hmm. about people teasing each other, yeah. watch it. Yeah. It, if it you can, like yeah. Tonari no Seki-kun, watch it. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> did you know that? Did you know that Tonari no Sekikun is written by uh, like the sibling of another mangaka? Oh, what? No, I did not know that. The mangaka of Tonari no Sekikun is Takuma Morishige, who is the younger brother of Akiko Higashimura, who did Karagehime. Oh. She did Jellyfish Princess. Oh. That's wow. why I was thinking about that recently. I just recently finished that manga. Yeah, I have not finished that manga. <laughs> They're really good. I would re- I would definitely recommend watching them. I think that her work is a lot of very soft transgressionism. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of pushing against traditional family roles and traditional gender roles and traditional configurations of of uh, you know family and bonds and personal relationships. It's really cool. Yeah, um, yeah, I I got that impression from Kuragi Hime a bit from like watching the anime and wa- reading what I had of the manga. So I think I would like more read to read more and stuff because that's my style or that that's that's definitely my aesthetic. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, yeah, Karaka Jozuno Takagi-san. Yeah, it's good. It's good. And let's talk about something that's pretty fantastic oh my god! yuru camp yuru camp is so lovely (laughs) i was expecting this to be like kind of comfortable but slow yes and it's not at all yeah i i expected uh, going into it i was just like i don't know if i'll like this or not it's about it's just a camping anime but oh boy oh boy these characters and the story and the music. Oh, I love the music oh my so goodness. much. <laughs> the music is so standout in yes. this in this anime specifically. It has yes. some of the best music of mm-hmm. the season, I mm-hmm. think. Yep. And it really helps to set the mood and the tone. And it sounds gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And it makes you feel like you want to go on a camping adventure. Yes. <laughs> Coming from <laughs> Soupy, who would probably despise camping. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, I'm going to be honest, I've been camping, and, like, I'm kind of meh about the whole ordeal. (laughs) I like it because I get to hang out with my friends, but not having Wi-Fi is killer. It is death for a person who lives on the internet. (laughs) I am am too attached to my technological gizmos. But yeah, Yuru Camp was a, a big surprise to yes. me because I kind of expected to be 
you know, cute, but mm-hmm. a K-On ripoff, basically. But right. it's a good K-On ripoff. Right. It's 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 so charming in its own way, which I love. The characters are cute, and they have mm-hmm. great interactions. Like, mm-hmm. the main girl just, like, wants to camp and doesn't want anybody to bother her. But yeah. then everyone's like, come camp with us. And she's yeah. like, I guess so. Yeah. And <laughs> it's funny. Like, I was legitimately laughing at some of the jokes they have like the gags are actually really good they're great god the dogs are so good anyway (laughs) the the dog scene is is just amazing and they have like really small like gags too that they they just kind of come out of nowhere and then they have you in stitches because you didn't see it coming Uh, yeah, I know what you're thinking of. I think I think you're thinking about the pine cones, right? The the pine. Listen, little (laughs) pine cones. Anything can be made into a joke, including pine cones. (laughs) Where when you zoom in on them, they go. (laughs) Konnichiwa. Oh my god, it's so cute. Everything about it is like wonderful and polished. The animation is gorgeous. The music is amazing, and the pine cones are my favorite. The pine cones are so good. Oh, and the and the like. Oh my god, it's. I wasn't expecting it to to love this anime as much as I do, yeah. but I'm 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 so looking forward to it every week now. Yeah, and it feels so good to watch. Mm-hmm. Like if you're not generally a fan of this genre, I would recommend trying the first episode anyway, because like I'm actually generally not a fan of this genre either. But boy, do I love this anime so much. <laughs> Yeah, and I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that the pacing isn't slow. Yes. It's mm-hmm. it's deliberate it and is. it's mm-hmm. it's contemplative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It really makes you feel like you're camping yeah. because you have these moments, like these small moments that are, you know, funny or energetic mm-hmm. and they're linked and there's like a moment to think. Mm-hmm. When you have this breathtaking scene of like Mount Fuji and it's like cold but it's clear out. I love yep. it. Yeah. This this anime is what I would want camping to be. <laughs> but obviously, I hate camping. So, Every, anytime someone is like, "Hey, we should go camping." I have to think of an excuse as to why I can't go. Oh my god. Because I don't I don't want to just flat out say I hate the outdoors. <laughs> and people know that I hate the outdoors, but when people are like Like, people get so excited about camping. They're like, we should go camping. And I just have to say, no, I am busy. I am sick. (laughs) I am sick. (laughs) Leave me. Yeah. I think think it's everything about this anime is, like, really polished and wonderful. Yes, it's lovely. Speaking of anime that are polished and wonderful, let's talk about Violet Evergarden. Yes, I love this anime so much. (laughs) Oh my goodness. This anime is insane because it's KyoAni, so it's obviously like they... I mean, KyoAni is weird. They're like an anomaly in like the anime industry because they just do it all at once and then release it. Mm Mm-hmm. So everything about the animation is like wonderful, but this really takes it to the num- to like a next level. Yeah. So it's it's like a movie. It's like watching a movie it every is, episode. It is. Like every time we watch it, I'm just like so startled that it's not that it's an animation rather than like a full because it is movie quality. 
like each episode and it's kind of fantastic i hope they keep it up to the end of the season that's what i'm afraid of that the quality might end up dropping off but since they already produced everything then i'm sure it'll be great yeah they make they make sure that like they don't do that like i think kyoani <laughs> is weird because they don't do that but i really appreciate that it's a studio that does that i don't think it's weird i think it's amazing other people should follow their example <laughs> i mean yeah i agree i think other i think other studios should do it mm-hmm. i just don't think they will well they should because it's a beautiful animal <laughs> what i'm really surprised about with violet evergarden is that the story is actually pretty good yes which i know can be uh kind of a contentious point in some of kyoani's other works yeah, I feel like it's kind of hit or miss with me and Kyoani and how much I enjoy their stories. Like, they're always really gorgeous, but as far as how much I actually enjoy the anime is another question. <laughs> well, it feels like this is the first one in at least a little while that has, like, a a, a proper serious story. I mean, I think Hibike mm-hmm. to some extent was that, mm-hmm. but, you know, there was a lot about it that was still you know, it's a high school setting and they're high school girls and everything seems really important and dramatic and, you know, amazing, but that's because they're children. Yeah. And the fact that this isn't about children is kind of neat. I also really dig the setting because, yes. like, oh, she got these weird mecha arms. There was yeah. war. Yeah, it's kind of like they made up their own world and I really want to learn more about it. I don't know if it's based on anything. I think it might be based off of like a manga or a light novel or maybe even like a novel novel because I know some anime do tend to do that. It's based on Netflix. Mm, yeah, definitely. Just the entirety of Netflix. <laughs> yes. you know, um, whoever owns Netflix, that, that guy was like, I wish I was an anime girl. <laughs> what if it's a lady? Yeah. I actually don't know anything about Netflix. As a I don't know anything about Netflix either. I just... <laughs> kind of have this sneaking suspicion that it's not a lady oh you don't you don't know that <laughs> i mean i suppose that's fair i suppose that's fair <laughs> i'm thinking too much about uh jeff bezos and his bezos sphere okay that's it that's all i wanted to say about jeff bezos he doesn't he doesn't need more time in our podcast <laughs> he had his moment all right thanks <laughs> goodbye goodbye uh, goodbye amazon, amazon anyway. ceo jeff bezos yeah (laughs) please don't strike us down with a copyright strike (laughs) with your personage we're not slandering you i swear all glory all glory to the bezosphere and then the lawyers come (laughs) i like that i like that we've put in this episode sanrio and uh, jeff bezos on the same level that's you you did that (laughs) okay all right (laughs) but yeah violet evergarden yeah gorgeous and very heartwarming because it's about a person who doesn't have feelings but then she's like what if i have feelings and she wants to learn about these feelings and that just gets me every time that's that's soupy's hashtag aesthetic uh (laughs) i I love it so much but yeah the story is actually pretty compelling i'm i'm really excited to watch more i hope the i hope the story keeps up it seems to be going in a very interesting direction and i'm like pretty into the setting yeah. Mostly because, like, I love any setting with, like, fully realized, like, steampunk prosthetics. Yes. God, they're so neat. <laughs> they're so neat. <laughs> Although, it was, like, weird when she, like, cut her own arm off. 
I, yeah, you know, when you rip your dang arms off voluntarily, <laughs> you got a question. <laughs> I just found that to be an odd moment. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about how to raise a mummy. Yes, it's so cute. <laughs> it's so illogically cute. I didn't know how to feel about it when I started <laughs> watching it and before we started watching it. Yeah. And about halfway through watching it. Yeah. I think I enjoy it. You think you enjoy it? Okay. That, that's fair. Because I also was kind of mixed feelings about it before we started. I was like, okay, well, I'm sure it's going to be one of those, like, super overly cute anime. And then the way that they just animate the, the smallest things is really nice, and, and I like it. Um, I have no idea where they're going to go with it. I guess they're going to introduce more more creatures and stuff, but... Yeah, I usually don't go for these kinds of anime, but maybe because we're watching it with a group or it's just like I need some cuteness in my stressful life that it's appealing to me right now. I mean, maybe. Yeah. I mean, it's quite cute. Like, and I'll give it make, that. Like, you really have to suspend your disbelief because it's a freaking animated mummy that's like the size that can fit in your palm and it cries. Like, a mummy shouldn't be able to cry. <laughs> None of it makes any sense. I don't understand it. Like, the whole time, I kept thinking, like, oh, my God, none of why is this? Why is this happening? Why is this? This and that. And then I was just like, you know what? I can't enjoy this anime if I don't just, if I just, <laughs> I need to just stop questioning things if I need to, if I want to enjoy this thing. Yeah, if you just sort of turn your brain off and yeah. don't think about it at all, yeah. it's pretty cute. Yeah, you have to turn your brain off if you want to enjoy this anime. Which I usually don't do. But. Don't even think about it as a mummy, really. Just think about it like an animated plushie doll. Because that's all yeah. it is, honestly. Yeah. Essentially. Not a shriveled husk wrapped in bandages. <laughs> Distressing. <laughs> that's what it is, and they're making it cute and cry. I'm just like, ah. Yeah. I anyway. don't have anything else to say about that one, actually. That's, okay. If, it, it's, if you like cute things, you watch it and you yeah. just turn your brain off yeah. and don't think about it's it. It's a brainless anime, literally. <laughs> Come on, Raymond. Introduce the other thing. Oh. Uh, Overlord 2. But I didn't watch it. Why am I introducing it? <laughs> We're doing that thing where we, we swap off. And oh, my just, God. Just like, oh, I, I didn't watch this, but you did. Because I've been really introducing a lot of these, and I feel like I'm taking up uh, too much space. Okay, fine. Well, Overlord 2 is a sequel to Overlord, and I did not watch either of them. So <laughs> Soupy can take it away now and take up more space. <laughs> hey, now. <laughs> I'm making the sick person work. <laughs> I hope you know that I was going to cut the first part out, but now I can't. <laughs> okay, well, Overlord 2 is obviously the second season of Overlord, which is one of those kind of isekai shows where the, he's, he's an isekai protagonist, except he's a giant skeleton man because he was a giant skeleton man in his MMO. <laughs> and it's... It's pretty good, honestly, as far as isekai shows go. Okay. Because it presents a different sort of narrative. Because it's not about how, oh, he's so cool and powerful and he's going to save everybody. It's about how he's like, yeah, I'm the big evil skeleton man and this is my big evil skeleton plan. I live here now. Cool. I I'm mean... attended to by a host of demons. 
Skeletons are cool. <laughs> Skeletons are cool. I agree. Yeah. <laughs> Overlord 2 is more of the same, mm. but it does have my favorite arc in Overlord so far, which is the lizard person arc, because mm. I think as far as fantasy shows go and like actual fantasy shows, I think have a lot to learn from Overlord, especially if they're trying to portray like D&D-esque worlds. Mm-hmm. Overlord has the best depiction of lizard people in any anime I've ever seen, ever. You really like the lizard people in this series. <laughs> I really do, because they're, like, even within, like, the category of lizard people, which is kind of a homogenizing name, It's yeah. they are all in different, like, tribes, and they all have mm. different lizard features. Like, there's a guy who's a crocodile, and then, like, um, there's some, like, skinks that are, like, faster, and mm. there's some like lizard lizards. I don't know what the a normal lizard is called. There's a lot more diversity within the lizard people mm-hmm. in this show mm-hmm. than some anime have in their entire fantasy cast. So, you know, I do appreciate the effort there. Sure. I mean, rather than grouping them all together as one one lizard, they actually show the subtleties between lizard species, which there are many, many of. <laughs> There are a lot of lizards in the world. This is true. These are true facts. If you like isekai shows, yeah, absolutely watch it. If you want an isekai show that's a little bit different, then absolutely watch it. Because it's about the main character who is, like, way overpowered for the world he's in. But, like, (laughs) there's no misgivings about it. It's not like... Because it's not like, oh, what am I going to do? I'm the hero, but I can't can't save everybody. Okay, I can. (laughs) <laughs> done <laughs> then the show's over <laughs> yeah i love that i love that he's like big and strong and also a skeleton from the beginning mm-hmm. and he embodies a lot of these sort of anti-hero traits he's like overlord is sort of like the batman of isekai shows mm. whereas isekai shows are like the superman of isekai shows <laughs> okay <laughs> isekai is the superman of isekai <laughs> isekai protagonists are the are the superman of isekai shows am i wrong you're not wrong that's what i thought or like you'll have konosuba where it's like a trash human that's <laughs> the protagonist yeah konosuba is next level for what it was <laughs> yeah I, I i like uh i like anti-hero protagonists because then even if it is all about them it's all about how they're you know just being <laughs> Just ruining everything, essentially. <laughs> They're doing the right thing in their own way, which may or may not be beneficial. Exactly. Usually it's not. Yeah. <laughs> I also just love shows where, like, a dude parades around and is like, yeah, I'm the bad guy. Right. How about that, you suckers? <laughs> Honestly, those are some of my favorite characters. They're really great. <laughs> they just own up to what they are. <laughs> well, next, next oh. we watched Gintama. Man, more Gintama. I hope you're not sick of hearing about Gintama because there's more Gintama. <laughs> it's just never, it never ends. Actually, that's not true. It's ending. Yeah, in the no, final arc don't now. say that. Yeah, just it's the it's called the final arc, but it's a very long final arc. And they're actually, unlike uh, Porori Hen, they're getting back into the plot for this season of Gintama. So it's going to be very, very serious. Yeah, um. it picks up where the <laughs> season before Porori Hen ended. Yes. And it's just going to roll with it until the series ends because the manga is still coming out and it's really, really getting, getting close. I haven't read for like 
I don't know, like 15 chapters or so. I'm scared to read it. <laughs> they're really they're really gearing up for the final confrontation. Yes. There are characters showing up that I just... Listen, Sorachi never forgets a character. That's all I'm going to say. I love it. <laughs> he never forgets a fucking character. <laughs> I'm having feelings about these characters I haven't seen in, like, years. <laughs> yeah. it's. I'm really excited to keep watching it because... Oh, it's so good. It's so good. So and like good. this is this is we're starting the like the full final battle. And like that's one of my favorite tropes is like, oh, everybody gathers together and mm-hmm. all of these characters that you haven't seen in forever are coming out of the woodwork to be mm-hmm. like, you know, to be like, I'm gonna protect Earth too. Yeah, they're all gonna contribute and stuff. It's very shonen. You can tell it can be extremely shonen. Because it is a shonen, but sometimes you forget. <laughs> I think Gintama really earns the the shonen it gets yeah it, it works for it in a way it, it works for it with jokes yeah lots of jokes lots of jokes lots of parodies <laughs> and um I, I know this one's not on the list but i just recently finished volume five of ruby it's an anime fuck you okay <laughs> i didn't i'm <laughs> Oh no! This is not directed towards you. This is directed <laughs> towards. Arguing. This is directed towards the uh, the weird anime purist out there. Oh yes, I know he exists. Oh, <laughs> it's not just a he; it's a they. <laughs> yeah, it's a collective. The collective they, yeah. hive mind of anime purists. Yeah, and it can only come from Japan. It can only be made by Japanese people. Mm-mm, no, no, get out of here. <laughs> well, we know, <laughs> we know the stance on that. <laughs> So I finished season five of Ruby, and I have a lot of thoughts about it, and I am going to save the vast majority of them for when I make you watch Ruby. Oh, you want to do a Ruby podcast? We're going to do a Ruby episode for sure, because it definitely deserves a uh, discussion. Okay, I have not watched beyond like half of season one. That's perfectly fine. I'm going to make you watch (laughs) all of it. Okay. Not all at once, of course, because that's actually a decent chunk of time. But here's what I'll say about Volume 5. is uh-huh. Volume 5, after a terrible, meaningless, meandering Volume 4 that doesn't even build characters well, uh-huh. Volume 5 felt like they knew what they were going to do and what direction they wanted to go in and what uh, dramatic arcs they wanted to build up. Okay. And then they, like, have all this emotional buildup that is actually not terrible, I'm going to say. Okay. Surprisingly not terrible. And then the finale comes around, and my balls are the bluest I've ever been in my entire life. Oh, my God. (laughs) Every single thread that could have ended in some emotional payoff Uh was just dissipated it all went away it's all gone it was all botched Uh, i'm convinced (laughs) i'm convinced that they do not know how to write stories it has been five years miles and carrie five years Uh, you have no excuse for how badly that finale went oh no well that's how I felt about Inuyashiki, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's fair because the way that a a story should end, mm-hmm. um, or rather, the way that a season should end, mm-hmm. especially if you have this emotional buildup, mm-hmm. is it should peak 
at the finale or earlier. Sure. And they were building up to the finale, and then the emotional payoff of the final episode was below the start of the season. Oh, so you you had a net loss rather than a net profit of story. Yeah, it was uh, poorly executed, I will say. A poorly, poorly executed dramatic arc that didn't feel satisfying and set up the next volume in the most blasé way possible it's just like okay i guess we'll just go to the other place to get the other macguffin Mm, macguffin okay yeah for how decent volume five was in comparison to dc to volume four i was really disappointed by the finale Uh if you like ruby i would avoid volume five oh no and also volume four but that's because i i think volume four was also done really poorly Mm -hmm. that's why i had hopes for volume five because like you know, I'm I'm like halfway through it, and or like I was halfway through it when I was binging it, and I was like, okay, all right, I see where they're going with this, okay. and this could result in some satisfying emotional payoffs, maybe, because mm-hmm. like it's like pretty much the only thing that you have going for you. You only have these characters, because it's not like I care that much about the plot insofar as it affects the characters. Okay. And it just didn't hit. Mm. That's a shame. Does the is is it the kind of series where the story builds on itself? So if you wanted to skip the volumes, then would you would the story still make sense, or would you do you have to watch all the volumes? No, you have to watch all the volumes okay. to get all the context. So then, yeah, it's you, it's important. You can't skip them. Then you you gotta get through the bad stuff. <laughs> no, you have to. Well, here's the thing: is volumes one to three are actually really good. Mm. Like, volumes one to three are better than volume four. Okay. And then counting the finale better than volume five. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's... Well. Uh, I don't know. That was that was unfortunate, because I really like Ruby. And yeah. I really wanted to like this season, because of how much of a misstep uh, season four was. Mm. But, you know, yeah. those are thoughts that I will expound upon later uh, when we do a Ruby cast. Sure. I mean, there's a lot of love behind that series, so I feel like... Given given criticisms and such, like uh, maybe maybe they'll pull it together. I I will try to remain optimistic about it for for you guys' sake. <laughs> they had five years. They had five years to learn how to write a story. I mean, it's hard. <laughs> it's hard to write a story. It's hard, yeah. and not everyone's well, going to agree. There are probably people out there that really like the finale. Uh, uh, your your very blasé, disappointing finale. So. <laughs> I think even the people who liked Volume 5 a lot don't like the finale. <laughs> and obviously when I make you watch it, we'll we'll talk about it. Oh, sure. Why, but... Maybe I'll have an opposing opinion and then we can talk about it. <laughs> or maybe I'll agree with you and we'll just rage into the sun together. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> yeah, I hope that they get their act together mm. because they've made the same mistake before in storytelling and the fact that they haven't learned from it is like slightly concerning mm. it's it, it did the the latest volume come out recently or like yeah the the finale was on saturday actually oh okay so super recently <laughs> so very recently yeah. uh if you like ruby maybe just stick to volumes one to three but but they have to watch it <laughs> yeah i know i'm not going to dissuade you from watching it but it is a tremendous amount of 
we're, I'm not gonna say a tremendous amount of buildup because it's not tremendous, but there is a decent amount of emotional buildup and dramatic tension that builds up that doesn't get resolved in any satisfying way. There are three different arcs, three different arcs that just get cut off, and that's the end of them. So maybe lower your expectations a whole lot before you get into volumes four and five and and maybe expect for all the the loose ends to not get tied or to get dropped off a cliff like that kind of thing (laughs) all right well that's the end of our podcast the end of our wrap-up of the start of the 2018 season yes oh i thought of something more interesting that i did other than work which oh okay uh i went to pack south and that was a lot of fun (laughs) <laughs> Ooh, tell, tell me about Pac South. How was Pac South? It was great. It was in San Antonio. So I just drove over and um, there was uh, a panel and an autograph session with uh, Michael Dante DiMartino, the co creator for Avatar Last Airbender. So I went Ooh. to that and I asked him to sign my DVD box set of Avatar. And that was cool. And he was very chill. He seemed like a like a, has a gentle demeanor type of dude. And then I went to go see the the exposition hall where all the games are at. And Monster Hunter World had like a giant display with a giant dragon thing looking down at you. And I was like, dude, this is dope. But of course the line was just like miles long and it was capped off. And so I was like, okay, well, I'm not going to play it then. <laughs> oh, I'm so excited for Monster Hunter World. Do you want to? Do you want to play that on PC? Yeah, let's play it. We'll let's play we'll it. kill things together. <laughs> let's hunt some monsters. <laughs> and I'll feel bad, but then we'll do cooking games, and I'll feel better. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, mm. I don't unfortunately have a lot of Monster Hunter experience because oh, it never neither. came out on consoles that I own. <laughs> yeah. But I'm really into everything it does on a technical, aesthetic, and yeah. gameplay level. Like, I've, ne- I've literally never played a Monster Hunter game, but I've always liked the design for it, and I've seen people have a lot of fun with it, and I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to play someday. <laughs> <laughs> I played on 3DS briefly before um, I realized it was miserable without a second thumbstick. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, that's how it goes. I'll just wait for it to come out on PC, which is going to be in, like, fall of 2018 oh well it'll be exciting regardless half half a year after it comes out on consoles (laughs) it's okay but we'll be the market that keeps it thriving okay we'll still be there in the end yes (laughs) all right Yeah. yeah well that is that was indeed exciting yeah i did a thing that wasn't sitting in work as sitting at home well, Charles Renu, where can we find you on the internet? Um, I'm on social medias occasionally when I'm not stuck in a hole at uh, Swan Drawn. And I just finished a bunch of art suits that I'll probably post up soon. I like to do a lot of pixel art, so I've been in that hole for a long time. And, oh man, I just started playing Valhalla on stream. That's a good time. <laughs> oh fuck! I love Valhalla. I know so you much. love it's Valhalla. One of my favorite games. <laughs> I only just started, so I've got like an hour into it, but it's great. I'm hoping to play more later on this week or whatever, whenever I get time. <laughs> Who's your favorite character so far? Oh god, I hardly met anyone. I mean, I guess the main character is fine. Um, like I've literally only met like uh, was it main character, 
dude, coworker, boss, uh, the the news guy, and uh, the dude that comes after news guy. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> Very specific. <laughs> it's true. Main character's pretty good. Yeah. But- it's the game where you are the waifu. Yeah, I am the waifu, and I like I like the boss too. Boss is good. Yeah, where we find you, soup soup. Uh, you can find me on the internet most places at literal soup. If I'm on the internet in a place, it's probably there. I talk a lot on Twitter. Uh, I just recently had a thread about why I think mercy is broken, but it's you know a nuanced opinion, and not oh they should just get rid of mercy. <laughs> As in, have a discussion on certain aspects of Mercy and not scrap her entirely. <laughs> it's a discussion of uh, why she's both too strong and doesn't feel good to play, which is the problem. I mean, at Hex, I saw probably every skin of Mercy as someone was cosplaying her. Like, it was kind of impressive. It's a very popular character. Yes, she's very popular. And has a very nice costume, so... <laughs> well... Uh, thank you guys for joining us on talking about the introduction to Winter 2018. Um, at the end of the anime season, we'll probably have like a wrap-up where we talk about which ones we stuck with and which ones we dropped and why. And I don't even know what we're going to do next time. <laughs> oh, I know what we're doing. Oh, you know oh. what we're doing. Okay, well, apparently Soup has already decided, so <laughs> it'll be a surprise for me. <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah, thanks for joining us. See you next time. Fly me to the moon.